0: Good morning, Eastside family. As we are giving our offering in worship, we want to encourage our children ages 3 through 3rd grade to join our teachers who are in junior worship waiting for you. Before I get started, I have... um, just a number of things I, I want to mention. Just loved all the prayers uh, that Jake was praying. We've been praying for so many different people for so long. It's just see, good to see how things are coming along for them. Nancy Hendricks hasn't been here. And I got a text message maybe two months, and she's back today. Not because she hadn't been faithful. She's been through surgery. We're so glad to have you here, Nancy. She's one of the biggest caregivers in our congregation, and she's been needing a little care, and we're glad to have her here today. Um, Tom was somewhere around earlier today. We're so prayerful for Tom and Betty and hearing how she's doing. Bryce and LaVora are back from their trip. They had an accident in the snow. We're so glad to have at least LaVora here while Bryce is is not doing that well. Norman is home from the hospital. That's fantastic news. I could go on and on and on, but I do want to mention this Um, huge deal. Laura Geiger and Gary, Laura is now home from the hospital, and she wants to celebrate. And so I'm supposed to announce that a week from today on Sunday from 2 to 4 in the afternoon she just wants to celebrate with her church family. Anybody wants to drop by from 2 to 4, you're invited to her house. She's just so thankful for how well she's, been, she's now doing and for her church family. And it's also a celebration for Gary. He's the athletic director. Um, TCA, is that right? And uh, I think, am I right, athletic director of the year in Colorado Springs he was, he was voted in. So we want to celebrate that too. He's not here that's his area. He's not here to hear you clap because he's at home worshiping with his wife. So wouldn't that be great just to go and join them? Proverbs 22.2, two, I'm going to launch into this verse. It's going to be one short little verse, and then it's going to bring us into a series. Um, you can turn to it or you can just hear it. Rich and poor, 22.2, two, Proverbs. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. It was about four or five years ago that I spent four or five months in the book of Proverbs. And it's an incredible book in the Old Testament that that has so much to say about godly and and practical everyday living. And so what's interesting about Proverbs, it it has all these massive number of, of practical advice and input about how to live but they aren't all grouped up together you see these verses thrown all throughout the book and so what I did was I took my journal as I was reading and 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 I would write down the category that Proverbs is talking about and every time I'd come to a, a verse in the book of Proverbs I would um put it under the category heading in which it, it falls and so you're reading through Proverbs and you're reading about marriage and and parenting and sexuality and your speech and and gossip and um Learning to have self-control and honesty and temptation and gossip and so much more. And, and when you're reading through Proverbs, it's not, like, it's not like this is simply, what is it, Ben Franklin had all the, all the Proverbs that he wrote. It's, not, it's more than just learning how to live a good life, but it's learning how to walk in the Spirit in a very practical way. How to live out a relationship with God on, on an everyday basis. And so there's one theme it's a recurring theme you can't miss in the book of Proverbs. And in my journal heading on one page, I put it, The Rich and the Poor... The book of Proverbs has a lot to say about the rich and the poor. And under that subheading of that title, you'll be reading through Proverbs. And I was writing all the verses about poverty versus riches, about generosity versus uh, stinginess, saving versus spending, work versus laziness. And and all of these Proverbs that are speaking about what I'm going to call in this series the lifestyle, lifestyles of the rich and poor. The Bible has a lot to say about our, our finances and money management. As a matter of fact, maybe you remember, I guess it was about three years ago, I did a series through the book of Proverbs here. We went through most all of the topics in Proverbs, but I left the topic of money out. All of the verses, I didn't share those. And I did that for two reasons, because when I first came here some years ago on our, um, what do we call it, our family Bible week, the parents have a little thing in here, I taught through Proverbs on money and finance. So I thought, well, I've already done that. And then I thought, you know, I want to save this topic for our Sunday mornings at a a time later when I feel like we're ready for it. And I think that we are ready for it. I think that we actually need it. That's the consensus of the governance council. Our governance council, you're going to hear about them in a minute, they've been looking at our church budget and looking at our finances, lurking at our giving, looking at our revenue, looking at our, ex- our expenses. And in the middle of all that conversation, they look up and go, you know, we, we need some teaching on this for the church as a whole. We need to teach on that. And when we say we need to teach on that, that means I need to teach on that. <laughs> it's like we need to take the trash out, meaning you need to take the trash out. <laughs> And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to to spend a few weeks looking through the book of Proverbs at the lifestyles of the rich and poor. Now, how you define rich and poor, it's very different than maybe what you're thinking. We're going to look at the topic of money and and finance. And we're going to seek God's wisdom and counsel on this. And then what we'll do in our life groups, if you're not in a life group, I want you to feel like, I guess I need to be. I'm going to be assigning our life groups verses in the New Testament that also speak in the same topics we'll be covering on on Sunday mornings. I am convinced we need to go over this because all you got to do is open your ears and eyes and look around at the massive financial problems in in our world, in our nation, in our churches, in our families, in our individual lives. A lot of financial struggles right here. And all that has something more than to do about money, but it has something to do about where God is in our lives and if you're sitting there thinking you might be well I don't want to come to church for money management course or talking about about finances that is so unspiritual wrong read the Bible I'm telling you from all throughout Proverbs and all throughout the Bible it's incredibly clear and we're going to learn this that your relationship and your approach to your finances it's a direct reflection to your relationship and your approach to God and we speak and we learn about spiritual disciplines like, like prayer, solitude, fasting, service to the community, uh, spending time in God's word, uh, involvement in the church life. And all of these are spiritual disciplines which really make a difference in, in growing and, and, and maturing in your faith. Well, listen, what you do with your money, your finances, and, and, and your money management, that is a spiritual discipline. We're going to learn that in Scripture that not only reflects, but it impacts your faith and your walk with God. You know, sometimes I ask somebody, well, tell me how you're doing spiritually, and they'll say, well, they'll talk about their prayer life, or maybe they'll talk about um, their church attendance and their church involvement, and those may be indicators gauging how you're doing spiritually, but I think one of the indicators is to take a look. I can't say this anymore, can I? Take a look at your checkbook. Very few of us use those anymore, but take a look at how you're using your money, what you're spending your money on, that very likely is a truer indication of where God is in your life. And that's what we're going to be looking at in Proverbs. We're going to be looking at at, at these themes as they relate to our trust, our faith, our fear, our contentment, and materialism, and our priorities, what's important to us, and so much more. We sang earlier the song, This Is My Desire. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. And it's beautiful in prayer and in worship and song. We express to God our love and our loyalty. But when we pass the plates, and now as we have direct deposit, however you give and through through push pay as we're going to learn a little bit today, that really, more than our words, is a, when the rubber meets the road, truer expression of where you view God in your life. And it's important to understand, as we, as we talk about money and finances, we're going to look at this over the next few weeks, as we talk about it on an individual level, it can't help but talk about it on a church level, because what is a church but a composite of all us as individual people? And so what we want to do this morning as um, like an introductory way to this series we feel like in, in the leadership role of this church, it's important that we're very open with you and we share with you what's going on with the money and the finances of our church family. Because that's just good stewardship. And that's, that's, that's good for us to be transparent in that way. And it's good for you to realize the role that you're playing and the role that you can play and the incredible things that God is doing through this church and the contributions of this church and so what we're going to do now you wonder what, what's he doing standing back there with his with his blue jeans white shirt and and shoes we, we really didn't plan that Sean is chairing the governance council and we've asked Sean to share with us a little bit on the topic of finances as it
1: relates to our church congregation good morning church So as Eddie mentioned, we're gonna spend a few minutes talking about uh, finance and the budget this morning. So I will freely admit that I have been guilty of zoning out during this time, because I've struggled with those feelings of, do we really need to have another talk about the budget? But after being on the governance council and discussing with my wonderful wife, who is wise beyond her years, My mind has been changed, and now I get to feel like we get to talk about the budget. We get to see how much God has blessed Eastside. We get to see how God is working through all of our missions. We get to see how much of an impact we're making on this community. And we do get to see where our needs are and where our shortfalls are. So we've got a lot of new members here in the church, so I think it's important to take just a few minutes to give a brief overview of some of the councils that we have here at Eastside that helps make it it function a little bit more smoothly. So first off, as Eddie briefly mentioned, the Governance Council. The Governance Council is made up of five permanent members and five lay members, each serving a one-year term. The permanent members include the senior minister, Eddie, the Executive Minister, Sarah, two elders, which is currently Alan Austin and one new elder yet to be named, and the Chair of the Finance Committee, Steve Leeming. The five lay members include myself, Deb Powers, Ken Rivera, Lonnie Roberts, and Jody Bush, who also serves as the Facilities Manager for Eastside PPCS. I do want to thank Mike Nichols and Mark Bush for all of their hard work and that they've recently rotated out of the Governance Council to become elders, as well as Ted Mogi, who just rotated out as our elder representative uh, on the council. So it's sometimes said that the purpose of the Governance Council is to unload the administrative aspects of running the church so the elders can focus on more spiritual things. But I disagree. I think we feel like everything that is done for God's glory is spiritual and that includes the things that are required to keep the lights on. In a nutshell, the Governance Council is responsible for the day-to-day operation of the church, the business side of running things, if you will. Briefly, some of the things that we have done uh, in the last few months include renegotiating contracts with Grace Bible Church, formulating a new memorandum of understanding with Pikes Peak Christian School. Ensuring the parking lot gets paved or gets plowed when it's snowed, repairing the part the lights in the parking lot, and developing a new budget for the twenty nineteen fiscal year. And I would be remiss if I didn't uh, thank the finance committee for all the hard work that they've put into developing the budget with special thanks to Steve Leeming. It is it, it really is unfathomable how much hard work they put into um, this every single week to ensure that we stay financially healthy and i just want to thank you now on to the budget looking at 2019 comparing it to previous years you'll notice that we have decreased our expected income and therefore budget by about 9.7 percent the reasons for this are twofold one our overall membership has declined slightly With fewer individuals donating to the church, our overall income has gone down about 10%. And two, due to this decrease in giving, we were obligated to make some tough choices. Overall ministry budgets have either decreased or not increased from the previous year. This was a hard choice for everyone involved, but we will not spend money that we do not have. Ministry leaders should have received uh, an email this week from Steve outlining their individual budgets for the year. So there's a lot of research out there about how much of a church's budget should go to things like salary, mortgage, missions, etc. cetera. According to David Pollack of Resource Ministries who wrote a book entitled Business Management in the Local Church, no more than 50% of a church's expenses should come from personnel costs. East sides is 37%. Approximately 15 to 16% is the average amount that goes towards Mission Works. We're at 18.3%. And no more than 20 to 25% should go towards our mortgage payments. We're at 14%. Overall, the Finance Committee and the Governance Council believe that we're being very fiscally responsible with the blessings that we have been given. If anyone would like to have a detailed copy of the budget, we'll have a few hard copies available out in the foyer and on the the north entrance. And in the interest of saving a few trees, if you want uh, an electronic copy, you can get in touch with Steve or Sarah and we can get you an emailed version. So we have a few questions that get asked quite frequently, so I thought this would be a good time to address those today. First, what about Grace Bible Church? How do they impact our budget? Since, again, we have a number of new members, let's talk a little bit about the original contract with Grace. In 2015, Grace Bible Church approached Eastside about purchasing this building. Instead of selling, we decided to open our doors and share this space with Grace in the interest of Christian fellowship. The original intent of that contract was to use 100% of that revenue that we received to directly pay down our mortgage debt and I'll address the specific mortgage stuff here in just a second. Due to the decrease in giving, we have not been able to use the revenue that we receive from Grace to pay down our debt. Rather, it has been used for regular operating expenses of the church. This has afforded Eastside the opportunity to make some much-needed repairs to the facilities here, including replacement of a section of roof, replacement of one of the large air conditioning units on the roof, Those repairs would have certainly been delayed had we not received the income from Grace. However, it should come as no surprise that Grace Bible Church would ultimately like to have their own facilities. And we need to develop and stick to a budget that is not dependent upon the revenue that we receive from Grace Bible Church in order to make our regular operating expenses. Second, what about PPCS? How do they impact our budget? PPCS operates out of the church building and spends the most amount of time occupying this space. Officially, PPCS is considered a ministry of Eastside Church of Christ, and we therefore provide some support to the church or to the school each year. So, when I was in graduate school, I had a professor, Dr. Franta, who used to speak about the, uh, the so what factor. We could be giving a presentation on management of some disease process or research on some new treatment modality, and at the end, he just raises his hand and he's like, so what? And it was kind of disconcerting. <laughs> so his point was, knowledge is nice, but it's got to have value. So, or in church lingo, it's got to have a take-home message. So why does this matter? Why do we have to have a budget talk? How is this really spiritual? It's important for the congregation to know what's being done with the funds that were donated. It shows that we're being responsible stewards of the blessings that we've received, and we all feel like transparency is the best practice. We welcome any and all questions, comments to the Governance Council. You can feel free to stop any of, us, any of the members. Our names are in the bulletin every week, and our email address is governance at eastsidesprings.com. I want to praise our Eastside family for stepping up and giving generously and sacrificially in times of need recently, and thank you for the opportunity to speak with you this morning and let you know how God has blessed us and continues to bless us in 2019.
0: Now about my raise, we're going to take up a love offering this morning. You know, I sit in a really neat place here as one of the ministers of this church. I get to see a lot of what you guys don't get to see. I see firsthand, I'm just like, wow, that's awesome, wow, that's awesome. I see wonderful ways in which God is taking this church, really not that large of a church, but God is doing large, huge things through us, and it's through the donations that you are giving, and and it's a blessing for me to see how God is carrying out um, His mission through us of making disciples of all nations in so many various ways. I, I get excited about it. That's for my role as is, is my vantage point as a minister. But then it's also my duty to sit on the governance council as a member of that council, and on that council, I see twice a week uh, incredible care that is given to the stewardship and the planning and the use of the funds. There. That are contributed here at Eastside, it's it's amazing the diligence that it's giving i'm so proud and thankful i love being on the government's council i love hanging out with john these guys getting to know him better and, and and just to be honest with you there's another piece that comes with my job sometimes i i hear some of the criticism um about the church in general that just comes with, with my job and, and my feelings aren't hurt and, but sometimes it's, it's kind of like criticism about, well, how the church is using their money in this way or how the church is not managing their money in this way. And there are even some that are they're a little bit hesitant or a lot of bit hesitant. Well, I'm just going to direct my funds in a different direction. And it's, it's most of the time, almost all of the time, that when I hear those things and I hear the reasons behind it, that those individuals are very uninformed, very unaware and really mistaken in a lot of the conclusions. I, I can tell you as a, not a minister of this church. But as a member who has the ability to see what God is doing here. I have an incredible pride in donating to this church. And I mean that. Not trying to manipulate you. And you should start giving more. I don't mean that. I really do have an incredible pride. And a great confidence in what God is doing here. And I, I, I believe you can share that same confidence in the role that you play here. Karen and I, as you know, most of you do, we moved here from Baton Rouge, Louisiana some, some years ago. And, and I'll always remember sitting where you are today and hearing this stuff. And we were having like what you call a capital campaign. The church was trying to position itself in a financial way with donations in a big way to, um, to prepare for the future. So we had a um, study on somebody needs to teach on finances, that was me, and then um, the committee, the governance council committee there, they, and I was not on that, that committee, they sent out, um, they sent out letters to all the members of the church, and I got one of those letters, and the letter was basically asking us, hey, take a look at, take a look at how you can participate in your role uh, um, in this, in this big capital campaign, and asking you to go above and beyond your giving, and so I began to look at it, and Look at what, I was, I was looking at kind of like what, not kind of like, I was looking at exactly what, um, what Karen and I were giving, what Karen and I were making, and I'd never done that before. And it became very convicting in a very painful way. I realized that, I don't know how I'd say it, I'd been... I had become Karen lets me kind of oversee the finances she oversees almost everything else but she gives that to me and so this is not her at all this is me i had in my responsibility of our finances at our home i had become very sloppy in my giving it had become like just giving whatever whenever and however and and i and i, and I realized that i wasn't even i wasn't even close to the 10% standard of of tithing that's mentioned in scripture I wasn't consistent and it was kind of like if I missed a Sunday that was a Sunday following one of my pay periods and I and, well I just didn't make it up and, and I think part of it was well I mean it's, it's not like the church is going to stand or fall based upon whether or not I give which is the wrong attitude obviously. I was negligent. I was, I was not thoughtful. I was not intentional in my giving. And so, so this capital campaign that we were having, it, it, it didn't make me really look so much at how much we're making and how much we're giving, but where God is in my life and what's really important to me. And so Karen and I just decided we're, we're going to have to make some changes in, 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 in our role of, of, of worshiping God with our offerings. And here's what I didn't expect. I thought it would be all right. We got to tighten up, you know. Um, what happened is what I thought would be a, a sacrificial, painful dr- drudgery. It was a, a spiritual renewal for me. This process of evaluation, it, it, it. Um, looking at my money, looking at my money management, it, it became spiritually refreshing. I, I didn't expect that, in a very positive way and it even affected my finances positively I didn't expect that and I was reminded I should have known this I'm the guy that teaches this stuff right but I forgot how interwoven my walk with God is with my finances and so we're we're gonna as we study Proverbs it's not simply about money and your checking account and your savings account it's about our hearts and our lives and sincerity of our worship and I would just say and I know it's true statistically there's a lot of us here our lives are out of control because our finances are out of control and if our finances are out of control it's because our lives are not under the control of the lordship of Jesus Christ that's really what we want to talk about in this series and if you if you're looking at your life and you're looking at your faith and you're going I'm just not growing I'm just not doing well I'm struggling with sin in my life and I've kind of plateaued out okay so check out your prayer life yeah, maybe you may not be praying you might not be spending time in the word of God you might not be engaged in a, in a church community and service but it, you might consider taking a look at your personal finances and your money management that's connected to how things are going in your life and your walk with God it, it, it was for me so that's what we're going to be doing in the next few weeks in our, in our series in Proverbs. I want to, to invite you to, to join us in this series as we as a church, as we as families and individuals, we look to God's word for wisdom and counsel that we might truly worship God in this aspect of our lives. So I want us to now enter into our prayer time. Would you stand with me? And I'm going to ask our shepherds and, and their... Um, to, to be available we've got a lot lot of needs that are that are here it'd be great if somebody would go and just maybe not pray for nancy but give thanks for nancy being here today if she's still here i don't see her there she is yeah let's let's have one of our shepherds go over there she is There's a lot of us carrying a lot of heavy burdens. It may be financial, it may be marital, it may be an addiction issue, a sin struggle in your life. We're here to be a house of prayer. And so we want to ask our our shepherds to to come and pray with you. But listen, we have more people here with struggles and needs for prayer than we have shepherds available. And So if you know somebody that needs a hug or needs your prayer, let's, let's go up to them at this time and let's just pray together. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and, and um, we thank you so much for this special time we have to be together. And as Father, as we talk about the finances and the management of the money here at Eastside, Father, I'm reminded of that precious story of that little boy who came to you with just a, a little bit of fish and a little bit of a lo- few loaves, and you took it and you multiplied it and you just did miraculous things with it. We stop to thank you, Father God, for the miraculous ways you're taking what we are offering, which is small compared to the needs and you're multiplying it here locally and globally to touch people with your incredible love. Thank you for the honor, the desires, Lord God, to worship you and to partner with you here at Eastside and our church family. And Father, as we enter into this prayer time, may you, o Holy Spirit, speak into our lives as you convicted me, as I was really looking at my life individually and, and, and realizing things were not where they needed to be as far as your place in my life. God, help us to, help us to really evaluate that. Convict us and lead us to repentance as is needed. Father, we come before you with our hurts, with our needs, with our longings, and with our praises. Father, hear these prayers offered to you in Jesus' name. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs every Sunday at 1040 a.m. as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.